Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. I'm excited tonight to have our Boomer panel who will join me after 10.15 and we're going to discuss why sex education is important for uh, why they need and why it's important for the boomer generation. We'll hear from you as well. That's after 10.15. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. All right. You know, you can always email me to lori at drlaurie.com. And uh, just a little public service announcement. Brendan wrote in, I found a lost cat a few hours ago. So if somebody in Cote St. Luke is looking for their cat, they can give you the description. So if you are looking for your cat, maybe we can help you out here. Just text us at 514-800. All right. Uh, Richie writes, hey, Doc, I was wondering what songs the listeners think are good to have sex to and or if anyone plays music when the time is right. So uh, (laughs) if somebody wants to weigh in, what's your make love music we'd like to hear uh, your suggestions as well maybe we can ask our boomer panel that too of course during our boomer show we're going to have music that's uh, fitting for our uh, our generation the three of us who are all baby boomers who will join you all right this from uh, a millennial or younger hi i'm currently 20 and my boyfriend is 21 we've been together a while and love each other plenty But the problem is that I'm ridiculously kinky and he can't bring himself to dominate me in the bedroom. What do we do? Okay, the reality is that your boyfriend may not share your passion or interest in kink or uh, BDSM. And this kind of sexuality is it's one area that may not be so easy to compromise on some people it depends on how important this kinky side is uh, to you so you need to have a really good talk with your partner maybe make him a list of the things or ask him to make a list of the things he would be willing to try, the things that he considers non-negotiables, like no way, no how, I'm not going there. And then maybe introduce with um, like very slow uh, light domination. And hopefully he will be good with that and knowing that this is very pleasing uh, towards you. But what if he, you have to think about what if he doesn't, if he never likes BDSM, could you live with that? So that's something you're going to have to think about. How important is this part of your life to you? Which is why we often recommend if you already know ahead of time that you, that BDSM is important, is vital to your sex life, that you look for partners that share similar interests rather than hope and pray that when you introduce what what pleases you and and that this is important to you when you introduce it further into the relationship that there's you know going to be okay with it what if they're not because there is a chance uh that they're not you know sometimes the the kink could be incompatible if you have one person who uh likes to feel uh, humiliated, for example, and likes to um, to be flogged or, or or humiliation play or what have you, and the other one 
also likes to have a dominant partner, well, then you're going to find an incompatibility or even more a turnoff, right? So there has to be uh, some discussion about that, and, and which is why it's important to, if you can, to date like-minded people, if it's that important to you, so that it's out in the open from the beginning. You can check out blog posts on uh, bdsmcircle.com. They have some helpful information there. FetLife is another uh, uh, website where, like it's a meeting place as well, where you can meet um, like-minded people. All right, some songs to make love to. One person writes in is Suddenly by Billy Ocean. One night, we should play all the songs. Chris, listen to me here now. One night, this may be next week or maybe tomorrow, we'll play all the songs that were recommended tonight for uh, lovemaking and see if we get you in the mood for the weekend. Maybe that's a good plan. We could do that. Uh, all right, and that was a question from one of our listeners asking you guys what are some good songs to, uh, some good music to make love to. Another question, I started my sexual life, but I always have my period with one month free. So I'm guessing every second month. Example, December I had my period, the next one was in February, uh, and so forth. And that free month means anxiety for me and my boyfriend also. Yeah, no kidding. It would uh, raise anxiety, especially if you're not uh, using any kind of protection. Now, it's not unusual to have a menstrual cycle that is irregular. So I can certainly understand the anxiety thinking, hey, you know, I didn't get my period. Am I pregnant? And then you got to go through the, all of that again. I think you need to see your doctor, discuss your cycle with your doctor. Maybe uh, it will be suggested to you that you start on some kind of hormonal contraceptive, which will regulate your periods and which will take away that anxiety as well, right? You'll know you're not pregnant. It's 99 point whatever effective if taken properly. Uh, in the meantime, though, Always use a condom, which is very effective. If it's used properly, it's very effective to protect you from pregnancy and, of course, most sexually transmitted uh, infections. All right, last question before we get to our boomer panel. Hello, I'm scared to death because my boyfriend and I were talking about having sex. Neither of us have ever done it. I'm just really scared. We were planning to do it for a while now, and I'm also scared of the whole popping the cherry thing. And I was wondering if I can get any tips to not be so scared and tips on what to do when I do uh, bleed from down there. So I think, I mean, I'm getting that the question here is what happens when you lose your virginity and virginity, you know, the average age is say around 17 years old, but some people wait uh, a lot longer before they have their first sexual encounter, sometimes out of fear, sometimes because, you know, the, the, the fear of uh, of pain or anything like that. Now, everybody's experience is, is different. Some people may experience a level of discomfort or pain, uh, usually depends on how much tissue your hymen is made up of. Uh, so hymen isn't what is broken when you lose your virginity. It's not like you don't actually pop anything or break anything. It's not really all that accurate. The hymen is actually stretched rather than broken. And that stretching can cause bleeding, but not everybody bleeds. Not everybody feels discomfort. Not everybody feels, uh, pain. 
But if you continue to experience pain after a few times, you should definitely check it out with your doctor uh, who will actually be able to see if your hymen has been stretched enough. If it hasn't, then there's a small procedure that they can actually do to to help. So the other tips you need to know are you need to make sure you use lubrication. A lot of people don't do this or don't think they need it when they're younger, but uh, it's a a natural sex enhancer actually. Um, And it may be difficult to lubricate when you're feeling nervous. So that's something that you you need. You you should also be sure to be well um, aroused so that there is uh, lubrication. And if you do bleed a little, there is nothing uh, to worry about. Just, you know, protect protect your sheets, I guess, with a towel or something like that. Um, So if it's painful over time, that's when you need to check it out. Otherwise, it's not something that you, uh, you you know, it's all part uh, part of normal. Just remember to protect yourself from pregnancy and sexually transmitted infections. And on that note, This is what we're going to be talking about with our Boomer panel as well. Talking about, it's not just for young people who have to know about sex education, it's also for the older generation that are out there uh, with more and more STIs, um, unfortunately, on the rise in the Boomer generation. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Love the music of my generation. Uh, This is our Boomer panel. Once a month we bring together uh, people uh, born before 1964. So I uh, was born in 64. I'm the last of the Boomers. We have Mallory, who's with us, who's 59. Uh, She is married uh, for the second time. She has uh, three kids. We have Mark, who's 61, who's single, who's a dad. He's a grandfather as well. He likes to say he's uh, 21 with 40 years experience. (laughs) Welcome back, both of you. Hi. <laughs> well, uh, now we're trying a new thing because I have you on Zoom at the same time. So we get to see each other, which is really great. And then we hopefully won't talk over each other this way. It's quite challenging, I have to say. Like our listeners don't get to see this. But when you have multiple people on the air and you can't, you don't see each other, there's like you don't get to cue each other. You, you end up talking over each other. So the, this whole COVID thing has brought up challenges certainly for broadcasting uh but hey we all make do and we do our best and that's uh, that's what counts so i'm happy to have you here and i want to talk about an important topic now earlier um i was on with uh, dan delmar earlier we were talking about the surge the upsurge in uh stis in the younger generation right now like pre just uh when covid hit and everybody was in isolation, um, the, the, the numbers plunged, right? There was hardly any, any reported, uh, the rates of STI just went way, way down. And since the deconfinement or the, since the guidelines have been loosened up a little bit, now we're seeing a 77% increase in uh, STI. So that's one, that's for the younger, okay? The, the 20 to 25 year olds. But guess what? Baby boomers need sex education too. You would think 
that by now we would know what the hell to do and how to protect ourselves. Uh, but clearly, uh, clearly not. According to Health Canada, national rates of STIs for people 60 and over um, since the 2000s, the numbers have gone up. So the cases of syphilis, chlamydia, and gonorrhea have increased significantly. Um, 142% increase in chlamydia and an 87% increase in uh, gonorrhea. Similar statistics in the U.S. for the uh, 50+. 50 What's happening? Like, okay, uh, Mark, uh, you're single, so you're dating. Um, I want to know, first of all, how often do you have the, the, the safe sex talk with the people you sleep with first of all i'm extremely um aware of uh, who i uh, sleep with okay and uh, we do have that talk and uh, i do have one that i do have unprotected sex with okay. but uh, i i'm well aware that she's just as concerned as me just as queen and uh, and we always have been we are actually paranoid of that have you both got, did you both get tested before you became, like, are you exclusive uh, to each is, other? This, yeah, we're exclusive to each other. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But did you have the talk about, hey, we, I should get tested and you should get tested before before going ahead? Uh, no, I've known her for a very, very, very long time. And it just was an, an kind of like an ongoing thing. Okay. Well, you know, you even if you know yeah, somebody, know, you know, it's yeah. like, and the uh, word clean always bugged no, me, no, yeah, right? Yeah. It's not about being clean. It's not dirty if you have chlamydia, well, but. <laughs> no, no, but you know what I mean. You're not infectious. Right, STD free. Okay, that, that's fine, STD free. Mallory, you before you got married, so you've been with your partner now for four years, I guess, and you had a, a couple of years of singlehood. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me. What was the safe the the safe sex talk about then, um, and and how often did you have partners who either did not even ask, did not even care, uh, didn't even have condoms? Like, what was the situation? Um, well, I used to bring my own condoms. Okay. Because it was we were going to have safe sex, so I used to whatever we were about to get it on, whatever. And uh, I used to like literally throw like six condoms. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, the majority of the men were, oh, we don't need to wear a condom. I don't like to wear a condom. I can't keep an erection with a condom. Uh, they don't fit me. And it's like, well, nothing's going to happen unless you wear a condom. Right. I you can't know? believe that. You see, and this is an attitude. Like you're talking about guys, not just like guys in uh, your age, right? Well, in the 40s and 50s. Right. So there you go. What, so what do you think is going on? 514-800. Why are boomers, the older generation, who should frankly know better and who give their own kids the safe sex talk, who would not want their children, uh, their uh, you know, grown-up kids to have unprotected sex, yet they go ahead and do it? There's a simple answer to that. It's because what? we don't practice what we preach, okay? <laughs> when we when we grew up, okay, it was uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And now we look at our kids and say, uh, don't do that. You know what I mean? And it's all stuff we did. Right. Let's be honest. You know what I mean? And we're telling our kids to do everything we do, uh, not to do everything we actually did. 
That's quite true. We by I guess by our own experiences, we hope that our kids won't, you know, maybe won't do what what we did. But we also want them to learn from our mistakes. But clearly, that just doesn't happen. It doesn't matter. It goes from just, <laughs> life is an ongoing process. It doesn't begin and end. It goes on and on, <laughs> and that keeps you in a job. Yeah, I, I I suppose. But um, but we should really talk about why you know why this kind of thing is happening. And it's not just in the fifty. It's in the fifty plus, like in in our age as as younger boomers. But also, I see it in the people who are dating sixty five plus who are uh, not using condoms. And I often tell the story. You know, I'm, I often get invited to. Uh, talk at seniors like homes and uh, like um, retirement residences and I go and I do a safe sex talk there and I bring my the condoms and I have to do a whole thing on how to put on a condom uh, and then I leave I and then I get I leave a bunch of condoms there and they all people are all taking them and what do you think is going on there there is a higher rate of STIs in these places because you usually have a couple of guys which are the the women far outnumber them so they have multiple partners and passing it on so we are seeing it the nurses tell me that the nurses tell me they regularly see cases of chlamydia and gonorrhea and uh and things like that so obviously here's what i think what in so when i was in my 20s in the dating we weren't really using condoms women were on birth control and that was the only reason at right. the time, that was enough. We were just, so the men didn't have to wear condoms. Then you get married, you're married for a long time, you still don't have to wear condoms. And I think then it comes to like when they're older, you know, what do you mean I got to wear condoms? I never had to. Right. So I think it's a new thing. That yeah, is. I, agree, I, I agree with Mallory. When I was a teenager, the, our biggest fear was to get a girl pregnant. Right. You know, that right. was it. But you know what, on the other side of it, where you're talking about having a uh, Thompson senior resident, anyone over the age of 70, if they're lucky enough to get an erection, I don't think they want to waste time putting a condom on. <laughs> well, okay, but then, uh, you know, they're going to have to take antibiotics for a while, and I don't know if they want to get to pass on and catch an STI either because they. I think as you get older, you think you're kind of immune to it. It's a, almost like a, a reverse thing that happens when you're a teenager thinking, ah, oh, it's not going to happen to me, and when you're older, you're like, ah, I'm too old for this. It's not going to happen, you know. Um, and also because, as, as Mallory stated, when we were younger, it was about not getting pregnant. Now, until the AIDS crisis, then it became much more about uh, safety, and we started talking much more about condoms. But it, but it was that. So then you ha- you're over fifty, you're having sex, your partner's not getting pregnant unless she, you know, you're if it's if she, if that she's a person of your age category post menopause, no pregnancy is going to happen. So you're not worrying about that. So it's like, oh, what do we need a condom for, right? Uh, there's no, you take away that fear of pregnancy. Um, and also, I think the other point too, of course, is that you may have been in a long-term marriage or a long-term relationship for so long that you never had to use condoms and then it's just a, not a habit. Exactly. Uh, yeah. The, the other thing too is the, is the fact that so many STIs have no, uh, no, you know, specific symptoms. Like they can, people don't realize that, that it, it may not show up in a wart or a, or, or something. It, it could be asymptomatic. So there's there's that. I think that we still need education about that. 
And this, the final thing I think, which is important, I'm going to ask you guys this, is that doctors don't ask about the sex lives of aging, the aging population. And I'm saying that as a general rule. That doesn't mean not ever, you know, some doctors do, but I don't know, have your doctors ever asked you, Hey, how's your sex life? How are your erections? How's your lubrication? How, you know, how's your vagina? <laughs> no, Mallory. No, you've never been but, asked. No, but I have to tell you, um, at one point when I was single, I decided to get myself tested. So by then, I think I was, well, 54, 55. I decided to go, you know, I've had a fun year. Let me go get tested for Mm -hmm, everything. mm -hmm. And my gynecologist, who was hardly, you know, not even 30 years old, was looking at me like, but why? (laughs) Why would you need that? (laughs) I've been quite active lately, and I just want to get tested. And she looked at me like, Really? <laughs> that's such ageism. I'm sorry, but to me, that's so ageist. Anyway, we'll come back to uh, to Mark and find out. Plus, we've got our uh, passion poet that weighs in. We'll also talk about pornography then and now and women and pornography. And we'll get to some of your texts as well. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. All right, who's loving the music tonight? Uh, Of course, it's our boomer music, so it is our uh, boomer panel right out of our passion community we've got mark who is uh, 21 with 40 years experience he's 61 years old that's what he likes to call himself he's a dad he's a grandpa we have mallory who's 59 years old uh who was married for over 20 years then was single then remarried again just uh one year ago was it one year ago yeah one year ago i performed the wedding actually Wow, really? <laughs> I did. I performed the wedding. Uh, yes, I do that in my spare time. Clearly, uh, people have asked me and I've done it. All right, let me read you a poem by the Passion Poet. World War II has just ended. That was back in 44. The soldiers all came home. Marriages began to soar. Birth rates reached new records in just a 20-year duration. Eight million births in Canada, almost doubling our population. These are the baby boomers, the ones you call dad and mom. Many are now grandparents, and sadly, some are now gone. Boomers claim they had the best times, and they are probably right. A time when music was far out and love was out of sight. There is much to learn from a baby boomer. They have experienced what most can only dream. It was the dawning of the age of Aquarius, and love and peace was its theme. I love it. This is beautiful. Uh, Mallory, Mark uh, with us, uh, and I've got a whole bunch of texts here to share also. So we've been talking about baby boomers, why baby boomers also need uh, sex education. And the reality is, and, and why we're talking about it is because according to Health Canada, the rates of STIs have really 
exploded in uh, in the boomer population so something that we should be concerned about and sex education is not just for the young it's also for the older uh, generations Uh, let's see Uh, on talking to your doctor or doctors talking to their patients about sex and sex education I figure it may come across as awkward or too delicate or even borderline invasive and harassing for doctors to ask their patients about their sex life and safe sex practices. Shouldn't be like that in theory, but in real life, probably a different story. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think about the awkwardness, yes, because not everybody feels comfortable necessarily talking openly maybe about sexuality. The reality is a lot of physicians in medical school hardly has any sex education anyway, so uh, they may not want to open that can of worms. So there is a possibility that that that's the case. That doesn't mean it it shouldn't happen because sexuality is part of our quality of life as we get older. It's, It's still an integral part of us. Whether we choose to have sex or not is still part of us. And uh, why shouldn't it be checked on to see if, uh, you know, especially since sex is so, so good for, so good for us. Uh, 70s and very early 80s, when I was growing up and coming of age, the pill was looked to hugely and antibiotics were looked to for gonorrhea, etc. Yeah, exactly. I think Mallory and I, as, as women, both agreed on that one is that the pill was the thing to be on. You just didn't want to get pregnant. I I don't know how many times, you know, especially younger that did we worry about, am I going to catch something? It was until AIDS, until AIDS came about, then then it was a different story. And my Italian father saying, don't ever come home pregnant. Oh yeah. that, (laughs) (laughs) That was the biggest fear. It really was. It really, uh, that was the thing. Uh, STIs, hmm, in almost all North American porn clips, it seems there's no condoms used. This can't be a good role model, particularly for youngsters, but also for whoever else. Uh, see, Mallory just testified to that male caveman brain prejudice about condom use. And true enough, Mark saying that in the pre-AIDS years, condom use was not a mainstream thing at all. So I guess that's it. It's We want to try to make it mainstream. Like, I wish it was where it was a given. Sex has to have a condom. That's it. Unless you're in, a, in an exclusive relationship. Well, you had your boundaries, right? And you said, no, no way. No, no glove, no love. That's it. End of story. Okay. Right. So I think that's that's really important. Uh, Good news, bad news at the same time. Good news means that more baby boomers are having sex. Bad news means they don't care. (laughs) Well, it's not I don't know if they don't care. They certainly don't. um, They're not either. They're not aware or. Yeah, maybe they don't care. I don't know. I don't know what the situation or they care more about the pleasure part of it. I'm not quite quite sure. Our, our baby boomer panel tonight, Mark, 61, Mallory, 59, and myself, also baby boomer, at uh, coming in at 56. I always have to check after 50. I'm like, how old am I? I forget. So now I'm actually on the other side of, you know, 55, pushing on the 60 side. But anyhow, we'll leave that there. Not that I care about my age. Like, I think we care less about our age as we get older. I don't know for you, Mallory, as a, as a woman, like I, did you ever lie about your age on dating sites and stuff? No, never. eh? no. Mark, what about you? No, I never lied. Right. We can be proud to, uh, 
I always say, like, be happy you're at this age because what's the alternative? What could have been the alternative, you know? But I'm not looking forward to getting gray hair. I don't have any yet, and I'm not looking forward to this. How do you not have any gray hair at 61 years old? I don't know. My father didn't turn gray until he was, like, 72, 73. That's interesting. Nor are you bald, which is also interesting. (laughs) Uh You haven't lost hair. You haven't gone gray. Just Mallory and I have gone gray. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you can get away for being, what, 44, 45. Oh, yeah, so. thanks, thanks, thanks. <laughs> How sweet you are. 514-800, if you have a question uh, for our Boomer panel or you want to weigh in, we'd love to hear from you. So another thing that was different uh, b- way back then was our uh, exposure to pornography. So as a teenager, I remember okay, videos started when I was a teenager. So there were videos, but you couldn't get your hands on them unless you got them, you know, somehow stole them from a parent or something like that. Or went into that back room at the You, you couldn't go in there. You had to be... Walk of shame. You had to be 18 to go there. They wouldn't even let you in those back rooms. So we only had, like, magazines and usually dad's stash of stuff that you, you would look at, but not nothing great for women for sure not uh and of course now it is just so everywhere and uh kids have uh, have access to that so but i was reading a study why i'm bringing why i'm bringing this up is that the headline was uh hey ladies want better sex watch more porn so i want to talk about in the next uh, in our next segment about women and porn and as we get older are we more comfortable with our sexuality that uh, we tend to maybe watch more porn or focus more on pleasure? So we'll ask, uh, we'll ask our panelists that coming up. Mark Mallory here for our Boomer panel. And, of course, you if you want to weigh in at 514-800 on the text line. So I, I know the words to like every song in my in this generation. Ask me the words for any new song in the last 20 years. Nah. Uh, we've got our boomer panel on. So the three of us are uh, baby boomers. We have uh, myself, who's 56. I'm on the, the young end, although these two are also on the youngish end of the boomer. Uh, we have Mallory, who is uh, 59, and Mark, who is... Uh, 61. We've been talking about uh, sex education, but I wanted to talk about pornography a little bit. There was a a study done that looked at uh, women's use of pornography uh, during masturbation. It was far more common in premenopausal women, in women with anxiety or depression, believe it or not, uh, non-heterosexual women, and women having two or more uh, partners, uh, but uh, they found that people, women who used porn, 
were found to have less difficulty getting aroused, less difficulty reaching an orgasm, more time to orgasm, greater pleasure, uh, and a higher chance of reaching an orgasm. Plus, when it came to sex with their partner, the frequent use of porn showed that women had less difficulty getting aroused and had um, more time, uh, more time to orgasm. So just... Look, porn has changed over the last uh, 40 years for sure. And just wondering what your uh, what your thoughts are, and especially when it comes to women watching porn way back when, it was like a, that was a guy thing. It wasn't a woman thing. But now, of course, 40% of porn watchers happen to be women. Um, Mallory, what do you think? Um, I've seen porn. I could take it or leave it, but it was mainly male oriented. It was mainly aimed for men, not mm-hmm. necessarily aimed for women. So That's true. I could say that I didn't really get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't. If it's you know, if if I was in a situation and somebody wanted to watch porn, okay, fine. But as a woman, I didn't get much out of it because it was for the male. Right. I think it was more geared to that. I, I don't think we had much female-centric porn or female or, or pornography produced by women to to um, meet women's needs, if you will. Mark, what do you think? Well, I don't watch much porn, to be honest with you. You know, and uh, but did you? Uh, did you way back when? Oh, sure. Okay. When the internet was first introduced, <laughs> I mean. Uh, you know, uh, it was uh, it was different. It was new, and it uh, candy you know store. It, 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 <laughs> it, it, it wears it wears off real quick. I mean, how many times can you watch different people do the same thing? However, when you're a teenager, that's a totally different thing, though. I mean, we didn't have porn back then, and video did not exist yet. So if one of your friends got a hold of a uh, a Playboy or a Penthouse, that he was, was your it. best friend. He was your best friend until the pages wouldn't open anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And that was really the only, your only option. That's right. That was the only option. Or the magazines. Right. And now, um, as you're dating uh, women and older women, are you, what, what are you finding is the attitude towards pornography? Uh, I don't know. I've never, I've never really brought that up in a topic. So they've, they haven't talked to you about it? Not really, no. Okay. What about you, Mallory? Any, uh... Um, I... I dated uh, uh, one guy who wanted me to watch porn with him so I can see what I like and what I don't like and introduce mm. me to new things. Well, that's and what interesting. Do you, what do you okay. think of this? And what do you think of that? And what do you think of that? Mm-hmm. You know? So in that sense, it was almost like an educational. Right, right. And, and yes, it, and that's where it can have its... It can have its place like pornography, you know, if you're not, if you already know and you can decipher what's real, what's fantasy, whatever, you can use it to, to experiment with like before you even do anything, right? You can say, oh, that, that looks interesting or that might be something, uh, to try or, or what have you. Um, on Friday, I I don't know if I I talked about this. Yeah, I I believe I did on Friday night, talked about what women were saying about, um, what they hate that, that guys think that women like because of what they see on porn. It was a bunch of women saying like, don't do this and don't do that. And no, we don't like this. And no, we don't like that. And all the things that they view on porn, which is not what real women actually like. 
actually that surprised me quite a bit when that came up because I, I figured, you know, at least for myself, I'm not like that at all. I mean, when I'm with somebody, I do things and I react to her to her body reaction mm-hmm. and her sounds. I, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I'm not going by anything on porn or anything like that. I'm just uh, doing my thing. You're not trying to be a porn star, is what you're telling I me. I am. <laughs> okay, maybe you are naturally, but you're not actually trying right. to put no. on that kind of uh, that kind of act. Persona, you know? right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, some, somebody writes, when I was a teenager, I saw a porn on a reel-to-reel camera, a reel-to-reel projector and screen. <laughs> where did wow. you get it? I want to know where you got uh, that. Eight millimeter. Oh, my goodness. It's like, Mark yeah. Um, that text writes, yep, that's right. It's still amazing to me that I was somehow 58 and just turned 59. What the heck? I told my girlfriend's daughter's friend that, hey, after 45, I just said, okay, I'm old. And every year after that saying, okay, I'm old and a bit older. Then after the mid-50s, started to additionally become grateful for each extra year of good health. I'm talking about getting getting older. And I, and I think as we get older, hopefully we develop that kind of attitude where we, we develop the gratitude for getting older and that it, and we develop a passion for life, which can extend into our sex lives as well. You know, if I had to choose between 59 year old me and 29 year old me, mm-hmm. I'd pick 59 year old me. Woo-hoo! <laughs> absolutely. I'm having a better time. I know myself better, you know, and absolutely. I'm having a better time now. I like to hear uh, that. I, I'd like, I'd like to be 17 all over again. No, I would, I would <laughs> not uh, want to go back. You would, you would go back uh, to I, being I, 17. I, you know what? I got some great memories of 17. Yeah, there's too much. Yeah, a lot of turmoil. I'm happy. I'm I'm actually the 50s have been the best decade of, of my own life too. So, um, I think that people, you know, people have to. It's like not not fearing this getting older. That it's a privilege and an, and it's it's um it it can you have to make it joyful to to get older right and you know, you know dr lori i'm in denial because that's why i use the term i'm 21 with 40 years experience <laughs> You're in I, I i'm actually in denial i don't like getting older i don't like it i'll be honest with you i don't mark what's the alternative to getting older yeah it's called dead that's the that's alternative right. okay so be happy that you you Absolutely. get older and it is a it, it is a privilege that we are getting older and that I don't know about you but I know too far too many people who have died young and I always think of that you know whenever I get down on getting older I think of that how lucky I am to be getting older and I think it's a it's just an attitude that helps in every in every respect. Well, the only way we're going to get through it, and with the aches and the pains and how our bodies are changing, That's true. the only way to get through it is to have a positive attitude and Absolutely. just, you know. Yeah. That's quite true. So we have, uh, we're ending the show with the Yellow Submarine for one of our texters who wrote in, has just watched that, so this one's for you, not our usual Stephen Voice music to end the show. Guys, uh, thank you so much, Mark, Mallory. Uh, hopefully uh, we will talk again on our uh, Boomer panel. And if anybody else wants to join our panel, you know you can let me know that you'd like to be a guest, and uh, we'll try and make that happen. Have a great hey. night, guys. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Have a good All right. Evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Thanks to all of you uh, for listening and for your texts. Uh, Thanks to our technical producer, Chris Aikens, as well. Uh, You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.